0: We're joined today by Seth Price, a marketer, motivator, media maker, executive, and entrepreneur. He's the Vice President of Industry Relations at Playster, the fastest-growing marketing platform for real estate professionals and home of the Real Estate Marketing Academy, a leading educational resource for real estate professionals visited by more than 100,000 marketers each month. He's author of the book, The Road to Recognition, The A-to-Z Guide to Personal Branding, and his interview based programs, Craft of Marketing and Marketing Genius, are widely heralded as top marketing strategy podcasts. Seth lives in Rhode Island and is a husband, father, chef, gardener, and martial arts junkie. Now let's welcome Seth to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. So, Seth, uh- Thank you, first of all, for having Julie and I as, uh, as guests on your podcast. It was a lot of fun that Saturday morning, not so long ago. So I appreciate that. And it's interesting as, I was, um, as you invited us to be on your podcast and we invite you to be on ours, obviously, I think a lot of our long-time listeners might be a little conflicted, to be honest with you, because a lot of the things that you say, they like to essentially pigeonhole us as being not in favor of or not understanding really how it fits into their long-term business strategy. So... Um, I, I'm looking forward to this conversation so we can kind of clear the air on basically what branding is and the importance of essentially establishing yourself uh, in, in, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a brand ultimately, and uh, explain to folks how they can get preliminary steps, preliminary, you know, how they can establish that and how they can build from that. So thank you very much for being my co-host.
1: Awesome. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Um, so a lot of our, our recurring theme is and because we have a lot of agents who get – Um, I think, washed under by a lot of the conversations about technology, about online lead generation, about websites and all that sort of thing. And a lot of folks get distracted from learning sales skills. And so let's just put that out there right away. You're not saying or suggesting, or if you are, let's debate it, that um, online marketing and branding and websites will somehow replace Say, for example, someone's ability to basically do excellent lead follow-up, someone's ability to prospect and generate leads themselves over the phone, someone's ability to really be a top-notch salesperson. You're not saying one is replacing the other, are you?
1: Not at all. You know, every business is built with components. And if you, you know, don't have the core assets of, hey, you, you somehow have done the work to get a lead into your worldview – And then you've got to do the follow-up to make sure that you are serving them properly, understand what their needs are, and that you do the activities along their journey so you can be successful and they can be successful. Like that's the block and tackle. The branding part is a framework in which you can create awareness about what it is that you do and focus that awareness to the people that are more likely to purchase from you. So you're not spending your time marketing the people that are not, quote, in market, and you're really providing exceptional value to people that are more likely to know, like, and trust you and recommend you and buy from you in the future so you can scale as opposed to doing one-off lead gen.
0: I appreciate that. So really, at the end of the day, the sales skills, your ability to do furiously fast lead follow-up, as we like to say, you're, you're knowing what to say and how to say it. You're knowing how to prequalify. All those things uh, do not, are, are critical, and if you have, you could have the best websites, you could have the best, well, I'll tell you a story, and I don't think I shared this one with you, Seth, on your show, but we were at Howard Britton Conference, and this was back in the 90s, and there was a, um, and I'm, I'm going to do my best in, in case he's listening, or in case people know who I'm talking about, I'm going to do my best not to say, you know, not to give too much, you know, leave too many breadcrumbs so people know who I'm talking about, but there was an agent there, a guy used to be a dentist, if I remember correctly, and he 'd contracted with who at the time was doing these media promotional campaigns for agents that was just like unbelievably sexy videos um, before anyone was using video, you know brochures heavy stock, everything was just. As nice as nice could possibly be. The best pictures to everything. And not only that, they would go in there and help the agent. Like, you know, this guy in particular, he was living in this community area, this family community area with playgrounds and plastic crap all over people's yards, you know, like most of America. And he was driving around, this guy. He thought it was okay if he drove around in a black Mercedes with black tinted windows, and he always wore black. I mean, he looked like death rolling around. In his so he talked about how, you know, this company helped him go in there and change his branding, change his image, change the other thing. So everyone, you know, I, I remember at this conference, 2,000 2, people were ever in the room, and I remember at the end, people, after watching this video, Seth, it was so freaking good. You know, the golden retriever, the whole nine yards, and people got up, and they they applauded. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like we were watching a, you know, and uh, then so they were, Howard did this private cocktail party afterwards, and I wanted to go over and just introduce myself and, you know, talk to him. And I got this feeling from him that, you know, he was a little insecure. Well, okay, fine, he's amongst all these top producing agents, maybe for the first time. And then I started asking him about what he's gotten as a result of this big marketing campaign, this big branding campaign, and it was like nothing. And then I started asking him about just basic sales skill stuff because, you know, game smells game, right? And I started sniffing out to see what his sales skills were, and he really had none. What he tried to do is what a lot of agents do, and I know this frustrates you too, is they try to skip the sales skills uh, part, and they think that somehow if they basically brand themselves, that they'll never have to actually learn how to be great salespeople. Can you
1: oh, validate? Without, without or, like yeah, I mean, yeah. that's like that's like people trying to put lipstick on a pig. It's like if you're not good at your craft, then non-branding in the world is going to create a satisfying experience for your customers. Branding is just the focus part. Like, Everyone listening right now already has a brand. They just may not realize it. The sales skills, the follow-up, the way that they interact with their customers and bring service to the table, like that's cultivating brand. And you're doing it in the form of word of mouth, your footprint on the web, and all of your career accomplishments. This isn't like, hey, all of a sudden I'm going to get a shiny website and I'm going to get a shiny business card and I have a brand. Brand is not that. Brand is what you do and what you do well and then making sure that the right people understand your subject matter expertise and then they can talk about you when you're not around. Because really good branding has that conversation go on so when you actually show up in person, people already know what to expect. They already trust you. That's the difference between sort of the shiny part like, hey, I can make anything shiny. But when you get there, are you going to be satisfied with what you received? And those are – Two sides of the same coin. So I 100% agree with you. You have to have the skill of actually taking care of your customers, actually following up with your customers. And if you want to accelerate the awareness of what you do, you need to think about branding because it exists already.
0: So listeners, I want you to be really, really clear on what we just said because I know it's the natural tendency – of every single agent out there to look for the easy button, look for the pretty shiny things, and branding, and there's some other things out there that are basically being positioned as such. Seth is being painfully, for some of you, honest about how you should consider branding. And branding, branding, I think, is more of an elaborate way of saying essentially someone's professional reputation. Agreed? Exactly.
1: A hundred percent. It's All it is, it's trust embodied. It's your reputation, not only you in your in your community and face-to-face with the people that you interact with, but it's your reputation on the web. And if and if that's the case, it's something that you want to own as opposed to having someone else own it or just having it be happenstance. And so that's the only argument that I make for branding is that just like learning a script and a follow-up sequence, this is the same thing. There are activities that you can do that make sure that you can accelerate the rate in which people discover who you are and you can share your expertise so you can touch more people that are likely to be in your wheelhouse.
0: So if you're getting started in this business, guys, in any capacity, you're wanting to grow your business with a lot of listeners, Seth, that are new in real estate. The way to encapsulate this is just to think so far is just to think in terms of your reputation, how it is that you want the marketplace to perceive you and then every, this is another, I'll give Howard credit for this because it was his original concept, they're called moments of truth and so really wherever the consumer touches you and it could be like Seth said, your ability to do a, a great lead follow-up, answer questions professionally, overcome objections, all of that, all those are moments of truth. So anytime you come in contact with the marketplace, now you add the complexity of digital, right, all the different ways that you can come in contact with folks digitally and Seth and I are going to talk about best practices in a second, those are all your moments of truth. So, So if you're an experienced agent sells a bazillion houses per year, I challenge you to make a big list of all your moments of truth, wherever consumers might come in contact with you, even indirectly, and see how you look, see how you appear. And ask yourself, is that the reputation or is that the message you want to be uh, sending out? I love what Seth said. He said, if you're not controlling it, if you're not actually consciously aware of the reputation that you're building out there, someone else is going to control it. Someone else is going to essentially dominate, you know, how you're perceived and by someone else we do mean quite literally there's companies out there that are trying to essentially you know they'll build profiles for you guys they'll do things that are essentially trying to make it so if someone's searching your name they're going to find their website so you have to be really aware of it it's kind of an almost subversive thing um, you know for business owners but it's true I mean you could easily argue that websites like Yelp are subversive. You know, there's so different things like that. So guys just keep that in mind. Your reputation is your brand ultimately. And as you scale, as Seth said, then you can start maybe employing some other higher touch things. And listeners, one other point and then I'll get off my diatribe. The best branding for agents always has and always will be sold signs. You'll never find a better branding tool than putting a sign in the yard of any seller in your community that says sold. That's going to get you the action more than the best website more than everything else. That's what sellers look for sold signs. Yes sir.
1: Yeah. And then I can, we can talk about all different kinds of ways to amplify that. Like, what if you use that social proof? Cause that's what it is, right? It's proof that you have yep. done a good job. You've used that social proof to share that in video or to share that in photo, to share that in the social networks that you participate in, to congratulate your sellers when they've sold the house and that sign is in the picture. Like there's all kinds of ways to amplify that because then what you've created is you've created this larger net, and you're sharing what you do and what you do well. And so depending on where you are in your business, you have to consciously decide which activities you are going to take on so you can digest them. Because you can't digest the elephant all at once, right? It, it's one bite at a time. So work on your skill set. So that way, when you do get a lead, you make sure you don't, don't lose that lead. Because I would venture to say that we actually don't, Need more leads, we need more process, we need more relationships and more follow up because there's hundreds of thousands of leads, but most people they only really get to six or eight percent of them they're like they're just not getting taken care of in a way that's going to have them close, and the more successful people have figured out how to make sure that they have a nurturing process for every lead that they get.
0: I agree completely, and you know the other thing that's interesting about leads i'll take maybe just pigtail on what you said dovetail whatever tail you want to think of is the fact is i think leads have no value none a pre-qualified lead has value and so agents are spending there's somebody and we're having them on the radio and maybe uh seth uh ask gina who this is and he'll maybe want to be on your podcast too i'm sure he would and he's done all kinds of research, essentially he thinks there's a lead generation bubble that's about to pop. And his homework essentially is based on how many actual impressions or leads or whatever the hell you want to call them that are being sold to realtors versus the number of transactions that are happening. And the ratio yep. is just unbelievably mind boggling, you know, because it's it's literally oversaturated. But leads themselves, guys, don't think that, you know, leads are one of the hot buttons of our listeners because we always talk about the fact that there's really an obscene number of people spending a ridiculous amount of money on lead generating. Guys, you guys can do your own lead gen, and everything we're talking about is basically in alignment with you essentially being independent of people that are trying to sell you your business back to you. So, if oh, you yeah. don't mind Seth, let's yeah. pivot and talk about uh, brand building. Or if you want to talk about the okay. other thing, whatever man, no, no, let let, it go, let's, let's go.
1: Let's let's talk about brand building. I mean, okay. there's a process with any as with anything else, and it, you mentioned it earlier, which is I would suggest that anyone, regardless of where they are. You know, you can do it during this as you're listening to this or after. Write down a list of all the words that you want people to say about you when you're not around. And and the idea is that you want to envision the words that people should utter after they hear about you. They see you or they talk to you or read about you because – You know, some of those that would come to mind is, oh, that person is really valuable. They're insightful. They're creative, relentless, supportive. Like they they know their stuff. Like what are those words? Because if you're not doing the actions that support those things, you may be surprised what people say about you when you're not in the room. And if you're trying to build a business and a reputation, you just really want to be conscious about, hey, well, where am I putting my stake in the ground? Like, what am I saying that my business and about is about, and you could go back to say hey this is this is about my mission and my standards and my core values, but that's really what this is getting to. What are the words that you want people to say when you're not around?
0: I love that, Seth. That's a great homework assignment for everyone and guys. You know, you will if you want to be seen as the experienced, hardworking, energetic, enthusiastic, problem-solving—all the words and characteristics that all of us want to have as business owners. You need to tell people that's what you are, and that's where you need to bring. You need to brand yourself around what your your real, you know, your keywords are, your own your own KPIs, your your own USPs, yeah. whatever term you want to use. You guys want to choose what those are. And then you want to tell the world what those are. And that's really, it's amazing, actually, when you start experiencing that, when you say, I am, you know, enthusiastic, energetic, whatever the words are. And then you'll see that people will actually say, okay, that's true. You are, that's what you are. You know, they'll try, and and that'll be your brand. That'll be your label. Yeah. Yes.
1: Well, the thing that you have to be careful of, though, is not saying things that aren't true for you. And so here's here's another sort of, homework assignment is ask people that you respect. What's my superpower? Like ask people that you really, like if people are working with you, they should ask you, Hey Tim, what do you think that I'm exceptional at? Like more exceptional than anyone else? Because that's telling, right? Here's someone that has spent a bunch of time with you and you're asking them to go, hey, you know, I'm saying I'm a whole bunch of things, but what do you see? What, what's my special sauce? Because then what you can start to do is make sure that there's no misalignment. You don't want to be saying that you're super enthusiastic when you're really a closet introvert and you really don't want to talk to people. Like that could be a mis uh, misguided communication. And so that's one thing. And then once you sort of, figure out what those words are and figure out what your superpower is. Then you want to look at like five super successful people in your niche that are living what you aspire to do, because we learn by modeling. Like we are still, you know, very much like apes. We look and we learn quickest by seeing what other people have done so we can figure out, you know, What are they doing, the business that they want, which is why people should go to coaches, right? Because coaches have been through a process. They've created a process and they've weeded out a whole bunch of things that you don't have to pay attention to. And then when you're looking at these successful people in your niche, you can pick and choose what is applicable to you so you don't have to reinvent the wheel because there's no reason to do that. And and then once you start doing that, then you can go, hey, in my current business state, what activities... Can I do, assuming that you've already got some skills in doing lead nurturing and sales and you're blocking time to make sure that you do calls, like all of the things that are required to build a business in this industry, what can I do to amplify the way that I'm seen outside of the people that I'm currently talking to?
0: Do you mind if you and I get in the mud a little bit about a couple of things you yeah, said? Go, so go for pick it. On some yeah. controversy. Okay. So and we brought this up on your podcast, so I know it's kind of safe yeah. ground with you. There are a lot of people. Oh, and uh, you know, another guy maybe Seth you should have on is uh, our friend Jeb Blunt, uh, fanatical prospecting number one Amazon bestseller. Uh, if oh, you want cool. that connection too, no problem. And yeah, That'd he's awesome. And one of the things one of the things that he and I talked about a lot was essentially that the social, there was a big movement about ten years ago. And it's very trendy still, and people think it's, oh, my God, social networking is going to be the new number one source of, uh, you know, everything. In other words, you'll never have to learn to pick up the phone. You're going to, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. So do you think we're in a bubble for that? Do you think that was overblown, overhyped, as Jeb does?
1: Well, well I think I wouldn't use those exact terms, but I do think that there is um, – people put a lot of false hope in the fact that leads exist – and that you can generate leads using sort of programmatic ways. But the reality is that, you know, their consumers, just like you and I, their attention spans are challenged. They don't know what to trust. And they are very skeptical about all of the emails that they get and these random SMS messages and, you know, inquiries on Facebook. Like, they don't know what to believe. So thinking that you're going to build a business just on digital or just with, you know so this lead generation that you buy or just with fantastic videos it's going to have diminishing returns so i'd say jeb is probably right that you know if you want to build a business at scale you've got to figure out how to amplify your message and whatever you stand for as a brand and then also how to make sure that you create connection with those consumers rapidly but also with that nurturing follow-up, because without that, you're just going to do drive-bys all the time. You know, you're like, hey, you meet someone and it, they might have had a moment of connection, but if you don't follow up, that's an opportunity that's flown out the window.
0: That's really, guys, what I hope you're ha- seeing as a takeaway. So here we're dealing with one of the leading brand-building digital marketing experts in the country, let alone maybe even the nation, and you know, because he cross, obviously, goes into other industries as well. And you've heard from other folks we've had on the podcast, and I know you guys are going to get conflicting messages. It's spring. There's going to be a lot of yahoos out there. Sorry, Seth. I know probably I'm not being politically correct, and I'm being being kind of an ass. (laughs) Okay, but that's how I really feel. So there's going to be a lot of yahoos out there. They're going to try to sell you guys a bunch of – and I'm going to be, again, an ass and use my real word – lies about how you don't actually have to learn how to sell. You guys have to have the guts to say, hell no, I'm not going to listen to you. I've now heard from Tim. I've heard from Seth. I'm reinforcing it with maybe reading Jeb's book, which is, by the way, the number one bestseller on Amazon. Maybe the reason it's the number one bestseller on Amazon is because people are sick of the lies that you can build somehow a business around social networking. turns out that social networking, like many other things that came before it, will come after as a supplement to the real skills of knowing how to sell. Okay? Accept all that, guys. Your life will be a lot easier, and you'll be in less conflict with what cons- uh, consumers actually want. Um, so yeah. let's pivot. Let's talk about brand building mistakes. That's something I bet you we're going to have a lot of fun with
1: because I yeah. see
0: stuff that's crazy stuff. So, I mean, you know, I, it's a true story. I know you've seen this too. Uh, urinal cakes i mean some of these things that people do <laughs> they put their names on the crazy things like how in in your what is going on in your head that you think some of these you know that's what i feel like saying to these agents you know but so what are the branding mistakes obviously the ta- tacky gross ones but beyond that what are some of the other yeah you know when you I, see it, it makes you cringe
1: yeah i think some of the big mistakes are and i'll and i'll I'll frame the core of, of what the mistake or the framework of the mistake is, and then we'll talk about some you know, instances of it. It's looking at branding and marketing activities without a clear vision of what you're hoping to get out of it because I think you know, it's like all of a sudden you sponsor an event. Like why? Like, what are you doing at the event? Is this a prospecting event? Are you hoping to meet 5, 10, or 15 people and get their business card? Or you just want your name associated with it? So having a clear idea of what the goal is. And in our business, I call that ROI. Like, what is going to be the ROI of this activity? And there's nothing wrong with allocating a small amount of your budget to things that don't have ROI. You just want to be very clear that you're doing that. Everything should have some measurability.
0: Can we hover there? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry to break your mojo, but I have a feeling you can have flow whenever you want to. Let's hover there. You just said something that's so damn important, and I hope the listeners are getting it. He said, and this is a branding guy, he said if you cannot quantify it, if you cannot see a direct correlation between the money spent and the return on investment that you're getting – then that's something you probably shouldn't do. He said you can have some things that are just flyers sponsoring the kids' softball teams or doing things like that, but there has to be a direct, trackable, understandable relationship between the money you spend and the money you make from that money you spent. Is that what I'm hearing you say?
1: A hundred percent. Now, to be clear, some of those measurable returns happen in a short amount of time, and some of them happen in a longer amount of time. So understanding the differences there. So perfect example. I would say that anyone in the business of dealing with consumers should have a website. I'm in the website business, but I would say that I would never start a business without having a website, which is a way for people to discover and reaffirm that I am who I say I am, that I have some expertise, that there's social proof, and I own it and control it. Now, the ROI on that is not immediate. You don't launch it, and all of a sudden that website is useful. But as you incorporate it into the way that you communicate with your consumers and you create content, if that's your thing, then you will see a return. So being very clear about what the activity is and what you hope to get out of it is a hundred percent. What I believe
0: a website anymore is your digital brochure I mean that's probably I'm un, uh, oversimplifying it, but if you you're right man if you don't have a website – and look Seth, I got to always preface this because we have you know tens of thousands of listeners and some of them are just getting started and have very small budgets guys yep. if you're if you're at that point and you're not ready to you know work with Seth and you know I don't mind talking at all about your product by the way. Is that uh, you guys should just start out and, and argue with me if you don't agree, Seth. This is your wheelhouse. Uh, start out with just a Facebook business page because it won't cost you anything. So start out there, and then you will need eventually as your business starts to grow, you'll you'll need a you know a, a sexy site. You just will. Otherwise, people are going to search you online, and you know it's just like as if you went to a uh, seller's house and you didn't have any collateral, you didn't have your prelisting pack, you didn't have your business card. It's the same thing. It's just the expectation so, that you're serious about business. Yes, sir.
1: Yeah, so I would disagree slightly, Um, mostly because to me it's analogous to renting and buying. And when you have a Facebook page, a business page, you are renting. And what I mean by that is Facebook controls access to that page. Every time you say something on that page, Facebook is deciding how many people in the Facebook ecosystem get to see it. And so owning means that there's no throttle. If you decide to drive traffic for some reason or you want to take people off of Facebook so they can come to your site and see information that you 100% control, you get to do that. So I think there's a slight distinction. I actually don't think if you're starting out that you need to have a fancy site. You just need to have some place to send people that you control the URL so you can make sure that it's in the footer of your emails. And if someone says, hey, nice to meet you, and you give them their card, they can go somewhere and see what you stand for and how you serve customers and see social proof. Like that's what you want. And sending someone to a Facebook business page to see that is difficult. If you've ever tried to do it, like if if someone sends you a link to their Facebook business page, you're most likely going to get lost somewhere on Facebook.
0: Can you redirect? So a my, URL, can, no, I. I this, yeah. It's a yeah. I'm not disagreeing. Can you can you redirect a personal URL to a Facebook business page? Could I redirect like you know BobSmith.com to a Facebook business page?
1: Yeah, you could. It's not good practice. Okay. I, well, w- I, I, mean, I, I would. I would get a simple like if you're saying that that you don't want a fancy site with IDX and all that. Like just go uh, to dude, like on Weebly or my, dot com and get a landing did. page. Like.
0: My my sensitivity is not that the there's validity to what you're saying because obviously there is. My sensitivity is for the agents that are basically getting in the business on a shoestring, which is 99.9% of them.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, yeah.
1: Actually, well, let's, talk, let's talk about that. Yeah.
0: Okay. Let's talk about that. So you said, go ahead. So they're that's the yeah. just speak right now. You know what? Let's let's make this so that's real. You know, tact useful information. So if it's a new agent, limited budget. And versus a, an agent that's working to create this best, most beautiful, sexy site ever. Talk to them about pricing. Talk to them about options. Let's you know. Yeah. Let's be a little pitchy, a little bit with your product. That's okay. fine.
1: Great. So if you are a new agent, and I'm assuming that the majority of the agents that are in your audience are realtors, uh, if they're in the U.S., yep. uh, Maybe even Canada. Um, we are a uh, NAR member benefit partner, and if you go to um, the the NAR site and you search for Playster and you sign up through there, you can get a site for $5 a month. And now it's a basic sort of business card on the web, brochure on the web. It's not going to um, be super deep, but what it is, it, it will have IDX. So it'll have the listings from the MLS that you work with. And it will also be a way for you to brand yourself. So super low cost, really easy to set up. And then the next levels up on our platform are for folks that are trying to take this to the next level. And they want to use, I'll say, neighborhood pages and landing pages and uh, home valuation pages and maybe have a CRM, like all of those things are part of our platform. And the price jumps up accordingly. So you can do add-ons to the NAR stuff, or you can get us to do everything for you. And that sort of higher end is 450 a month. So there's the, there's the gamut. There's the folks just starting out, Just spend five bucks, like five bucks a month. Stop going to Starbucks for a moment and get your site up so there's a place to send people. And then when you're more established, you want to think about, hey, how do I nurture people both physically in my follow-up but also digitally? And that's where the more robust tools of a marketing platform come into play.
0: I love it, and you offer that, and it's turnkey. And the other thing I like about your service, Seth, is that um, you're easily approachable. You don't try to sell. You know, you're selling something that actually works. Um, you have got a product that can scale with the agent's business, starting at five dollars a month. You're right; it's the cost of a latte, um, and then they can they can build it up from there. And you've already got the proven tools in place that they can add as they start to increase their business. I think
1: that's a great exactly. idea. It,
0: and and yeah. the sites are gorgeous. Your designers are like, it's so beautiful. You look at when you're. You know, and here's a funny thought. So if I was an agent and I wanted to get your, you know, the whole thing. The filet mignon uh, product, the 450 a month, or uh, and I wanted to, you know, have that developed on my own. How many tens of thousands would that cost? Like I'm saying, I don't, I don't want to have a place for customer. I want to do it myself. What do yeah, you reckon that would you,
1: cost? I'd say at at minimum 2,500, dollars and if you got picky, you could double that or triple that, because picky, that means, yeah. Yeah. Pick, picky means yeah, picky means. So this is a, a thing. We we started out the conversation talking about the shiny part of branding. So I do believe design has a really powerful place in communicating with other people. Like we process images sixty thousand times faster than the written word. So don't get me wrong that I'm saying design's not important, but I think that if one is going to spend a lot of effort because you don't like the type font or you don't like the way a certain widget is on your website, you're, you're looking at the trees and not seeing the forest. So if you're going to do a custom, why people spend so much money is they start thinking that they are a designer, and they start building the Taj Mahal. They lose sight of why they're building the thing in the first place, which is to serve the customer. So if you, oh, if man, you, build, can... this, if you build the site to serve a the point. customer...
0: But, but that's such a good point. I mean, Seth, one of the like what you're saying is basically the agents spend all their time tweaking their websites and all the busy work of trying to choose the exact right CRM Ugh. and all this getting right. Re- <laughs> I know, right? Just, and all this getting ready, getting ready to get started stuff, which never ends. Look, let's just call what it is, guys. It's very elegant, creative procrastination. You're just trying to procrastinate exactly doing the real 100%, 100%. work.
1: hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like w- everyone falls. Pray to that, which is we think that our tweaking is going to close the deal. But I can guarantee you, like when we started Playster, I just, like before I pre sold tens of thousands of dollars worth of websites before we had a product by talking to people and then letting them know like this wasn't like I was scamming them, but letting them know that we were going to build this thing and they were going to get in early and we were going to deliver for them and most of them are still our customers so you don't need shiny to sell what you do need well, shiny for is to amplify
0: right and so you know it's the old I, who's the gal that's running facebook Sheryl sandberg i think and she said yeah, perfect yeah. is the enemy. perfect is the enemy of done i love that quote oh
1: you, it's, know. you know what I, it's so funny that you say that i have um i've spent two and a half years writing a book And I have a co-author. It's like, it's supposed to be at the printer, right? The printer, it's coming out April 25th. It's called The Road to Recognition. It's an A to Z guide to personal branding in the age of digital media. And the other, so it's done. Like the design is beautiful. I hired this great designer. I love it. And I'm a guy that likes to get stuff done. And so I was like, hey, are we done? He's like, no, we got to change these. I'm like, I'm not changing another thing. The manuscript has been edited. There are no typos that we know about. The pictures are good enough. The design is good enough. And it's going to be more beautiful than any other business book and more readable than any other business book that exists. Let's ship. And that's what people are afraid to do is they're afraid to ship and afraid to sell.
0: Exactly. They're afraid to call back. They're afraid to ask a question that ah. might, re- you know, that, that an actual question that was going to result in a sale because the customer might say something and they don't know the answer to. It. They want to overanalyze it and they would rather go tweak
1: their CRM. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, well, here's a, per- here's a perfect example. So you go on a listing call, and I, I had my license for five years and, you know, had a great run. And I was doing, I had a full time job. I got a license because I was doing investing. And I was trying to do a 1031 exchange in a new. Town that I had moved to. And I got an agent on phone duty, right? Which is sort of what many offices do. And I was explaining what I wanted. She's like, Great, come on in. I know all about that. Well, it turns out she didn't know anything about it. And I was just apoplectic. I was so furious that I had wasted a whole bunch of my time with someone that didn't know. So they did the shiny, but they didn't do the work on their craft. And so I decided to get my license. And I say that because the, the, the process of, you know, doing that work to understand what the business is and then getting in front of folks. So when you do listing calls and you don't get the listing, do you call them back? Heck, yeah. You call them back and you find out why you didn't get the listing. You take them out to coffee. I got 50% of the listings that I didn't get. I got them on the second try.
0: Well, in a, change, in a changing market like what we're starting to experience, there's more expires. I had, uh, you know, that's one of our favorite sources of business, right? The leads are free. You know, you just got, yeah, got to pick up the phone call. And so, you know, we had a change of the month, and just, you know, today, yesterday, and day before, those were the peak expires. Typically, happen the first day, last day of every month. And I had Julie and I had so many emails because we've been telling all these agents, call expires, call expires. Oh, there's no expires in my area. It's a hot sellers market. All these things they'd say to us as excuses. And then here it is. Guess what? Across the country, we're seeing more and more expires happen. The market's shifting. It shouldn't be a big surprise. Hey, Seth, listen, I got around the bend. If they want to get in contact with you, um, what's yep. the best way for them to do so?
1: Yeah, so if you are interested in Playster, just go to Playster.com. That's P-L-A-C-E. S And if you want information, if you go to Placer.com forward slash Academy, we've got about 1,200 free articles and emails and guides to being a better digital marketer. If you want to learn more about me and my book and sort of follow me, connect with me on social, go to my website, SethPrice.net. You'll find what I write about, how I think about branding, how I think about incorporating that into a sales process. And I'm pretty accessible on the web, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those places.
0: Wonderful. So I got to actually jump on a coaching call with the gal that runs one of the biggest uh, real estate brokerages in all of the islands in Hawaii. Uh, But in the meantime, Seth, I really, I really appreciate. I know she keeps on inviting me to go there to speak. (laughs) I know we have to go, right? So listen, I I really appreciate. I think so too. I really appreciate you being my co-host today. I, I appreciate the contribution you're making to the real estate community. You're helping agents to get better at their jobs. And what I really appreciate Seth is you're not trying to you're you, you you're you're speaking the truth about where branding and digital marketing and all the rest of it fits in to the real estate agents, you know, business plan. You're not saying it's going to replace. You're actually being very clear that without skills, all the best branding in the world's not going to make a hillbilly difference in anything That's in anyone's correct. business. Yep. So guys, listen. If you need to get a hold of Seth, if you want to start out with one of his great websites, you have to be a NAR member for the five dollar a month version. All of you should be NAR members. We are strong supporters of the National Association, as I'm sure Seth is as well. I and am indeed. Julie, yep. And if you need to get a hold of Julie Knife or anything, it's Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. Hey Seth, dare you give your email address?
1: Uh yeah. Seth at playster.com.
0: Okay, perfect. You guys have a wonderful day, Seth. uh, Thank you very much. And uh, let's have you back on the podcast sometime in the near future.
1: That sounds great. Say hi to Julie.
0: I will. Have a great day.
1: Bye. All right. Bye-bye.
0: This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com.